welcome to another episode of the Hey Coach Podcast. This is your host, Eric Reyes, and this is the podcast that takes a look at business concepts taken from coaching and the athletic sidelines. As always, thanks for tuning in again to all my new listeners. Welcome. Always excited to have new listeners listening to the show. And to my regulars, as always, thank you also. If you can take some time after the episode is done to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, I truly appreciate it. It moves me up in the ranks, and while doing this, it helps other people find the show. Today, I have another great interview for you. This is with Jim Morrison, who is a golf mental performance coach. And in our conversation, you'll see how aspects of golf mental performance definitely helps you in the business world. Here's a little bit about Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison started playing golf at 12 years old. But when he went to high school, it was not only golf that he played, but it was basketball and cross country. After being around the wrong crowd in his senior year, he decided that he owed his parents more. He made a change and went to the Navy. While in the Navy, he learned discipline and decided to go back to college and try to make it to pro circuit. He quickly found that his interest was more on the mental side of the game. Today, Jim is a mental performance coach with his company, Perform Better Golf, where he focuses helping junior golfers. Join me in listening to this conversation with Jim Morrison. Jim, thank you for coming on the Hey Coach podcast. Thanks for having me, Eric. I'm happy to be here. We had a great conversation the other day on the phone. I wish I actually recorded it because it was actually like a really great conversation, but hopefully this will be just as good. Yes, I think so. Um, you know, it was like talking to an old friend, honestly, and, um, you know, just grateful we could uh, connect and, and have this um, have this conversation. This is my first uh, first ever podcast, by the way. <laughs> cool, cool. I'm, gra- I'm glad. I'm glad I'm the first one. Uh, <laughs> now, I want to give a quick shout out to again to Tammy Matheny for introducing okay. us. How do you know Tammy? Uh, so Tammy and I connected um, through uh, social media, actually. Um, you know, I was just uh, looking up coaches and and I'm still fairly new with my coaching business. Um, I started it last year and, um, you know, I'm always just trying to connect with with other coaches, see what they're doing, see how their process is, see, um, you know, how they're doing things so I can I can learn from them. And, you know, I really believe every, everybody has something good. Uh, to offer. Um, and I just stumbled across Tammy's page and, um, I was like, wow, this is, uh, she's very impressive. Um, she's got like a lot of good things that she's doing. Um, a couple books, one that I, that I just read, uh, the confident athlete. Um, and that's just in a nutshell, the confident athlete is in a nutshell, what, what I try to coach, um, you know, my players. Exactly. Exactly. And the great thing I like about Tammy and a, and a couple of other people that, that I've reached out to is that they're so willing to help out. Yeah. There's no like holding stuff back. They're like, you want to learn? Okay. I'll give you everything I got because there's no competition there. Yeah. And that's, that's the great thing. And I think, um, you know, with coaching, it's, it's almost like, um, the material is the same. It's just everyone has their own unique way of presenting it. Um, and your way of presenting it is going to resonate with a certain type of player. And and my way is going to resonate with another type of player. And I think that's the beauty of um, of coaching. You know, we're kind of just we're, we're preaching the same principles, but um, we each have a different way of uh, relating to people. Exactly. Exactly. So. Want to get get to you and your story because you are coming from the golf sports area. Yes, and um, you have a program which you really focus in on the junior golfers. Yes, and that's great because you know a lot of times, like in the coaching thing, we're always talking to adults and trying to help adults. But if you can help the the junior golfers, those high school kids, 
get that whole mindset right, that just makes them a better adult. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many um, good carryover benefits of, um, you know, working on your mentality and your mindset at an at a early age, um, just to, even if you don't, even if it doesn't click, and I think we talked about this in our conversation, like, even if it doesn't click for them right away, it's, it's almost like you planted the seed and they're going to realize it um, down the road, um, you know, into adulthood. And, and I think that's the most important um, job that we have as, as coaches and adults is, is just to, uh, to kind of plant that seed that, um, that seed that's going to sprout and, and blossom uh, later on down the road. Exactly. Exactly. So let's go to your story from uh, sports and how you got into what you're doing now. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's been a long journey. Obviously, um, you know, I'm 35 right now. I started playing golf when I was uh, when I was 12 years old, and um, just uh, my aunt introduced me to the game, and I just fell in love with it. Um, it was to me, golf was just like this uh, this playground, you know, um, where you could get out and and just be uh, be free as as a kid, you know, and um, create shots and that's what I still love about it uh, to this day. And um, so I played a little bit in uh, middle school and high school. Um, wasn't ever really too serious about it. I played other sports as well, basketball, cross country. Um, I just had fun with golf. It was just kind of like a love, um, love affair. Um, and then, um, you know, as I got uh, into my later years in high school, um, you know, I, I struggled a little bit. I got mixed up in the wrong uh, crowd. Um, you know, I had uh, some issues with with substance abuse and alcohol. Um, and that was probably my senior year of high school. And, you know, my mom was a teacher. My dad uh, owned his own landscaping business. Both of them very, very hard workers. And they they raised uh, five kids. I, I being one of five, and I just remember having this this feeling that you know I owed them more than than what I was doing with my life at, at that time. You know, I I just when I was mixed up with that in my later years in high school, that that whole scene, which you know unfortunately happens to to a lot of kids, and yes, and that's why I'm so passionate about. Um, you know, introducing uh, kids to these these principles at at an early age, um, so they can recognize that. But I just recognized, like my parents were such good people, and I owed them more than what I was giving them at that time. So I decided to make a change in my life. I uh, joined the Navy, um, signed up for a five year term, and. Um, left for uh for boot camp in great lakes illinois and um you know for the next for the next five years i was uh in the united states navy um i worked as a uh, aviation electronic technician uh working on navigation equipment in the f-18s and and the helos and and just really um that was my job but i was really just learning you know, discipline and structure and, and how to be like a team player, how to be a better human. Um, and uh, it really saved my life. Um, uh, the military, that decision, it, it just, um, it, it changed my life around it. I didn't play a lot of golf when I was in the military, but um, towards the end of my term, um, I knew I wanted to go to college. And I decided um, then that I was going to make um, I was going to make a run at uh, being the best golfer that that I could. I just had the love from my childhood, and I wanted to see where where it could go. And uh, so I so I enrolled in National University, which is out in San Diego. Okay, and uh, got my degree in sports psych. And while I was in um, university, I um, 
did everything possible to practice and become uh, the best player that I could be and um, played collegially, had a lot of fun uh, playing in college tournaments. And and then after I graduated college, I um, tried my hand on the mini tours out in Southern California. And that's where I realized there is a lot of, lot of, lot of talent um, <laughs> in, uh, in golf. And I got to see firsthand like how good these guys were. And I think it's at that point where you know, I, I wanted to coach because I saw these guys and and I saw the talent levels and I saw the 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 things um, that the really good players, how they went about their business, how they were doing things. And and a lot of it was just simple stuff. It was just like they were doing the same things over and over and over again. And they just carried themselves with with confidence. And um, and also. Um, on the flip side of that, I saw very, very talented players um, who weren't confident, uh, but they had the ability, they had the skill level, they had um, they had everything they needed to succeed, but they weren't um, they weren't confident, and uh, and that really struck me as very interesting. Out and right. you know, I started to ask myself because I had the degree in sports psych. Started to ask myself like, what is the difference here? Um, and uh, that is that's re- where I really became interested in uh, the mental game. Um, I left uh, left golf and um, get moved into the insurance industry for for four years, and um, worked worked in there for four years, and then just transitioned out of that to uh, to coach full time, and and that brings me um, right here to where I'm talking to you. Awesome. Awesome. There's a, there's okay, a couple I hope of, that wasn't too long. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Matter of fact, there's a couple of good things in there that, uh, that sparked my interest. Um, one was you said that you, you were able to see what, how other golfers went through and, and prepared and things like that. Did you, um, did you ever get to see the coaches of those golfers on the tour also, like where you were touring? You know, not many. The the mini tours is a little different. It's um, it's sort of like um, it's sort of very very individual. If you're uh, a player who's working with a coach, um, the coach typically doesn't show up at those events. But um, I, I did get to meet uh, a lot of good coaches. Um, one was my uh, was my instructor in, in college. Uh, his name was Ted Norby, and he played in um, a couple U.S. Opens. He was also a very, very good mini tour player, um, and you know, just picking his brain on on a lot of different things gave me some insight into you know what it takes to uh, to prepare and and actually play um, play golf for a living. Um, and it's uh, it, it's a lot, you know. It, it's there's a lot that goes into it that um, you know someone might not see right off the bat. Right. Right. And it's, it's funny. I think we spoke about this before how uh, like when you look at the pro tours and you look on TV and they make things so look so effortlessly. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this is a difficult shot. I'm like, that's not a difficult, that's a difficult shot for me. (laughs) He's been, he's been practicing that shot. (laughs) Yeah hours and days and probably years that same shot and so when the announcer's like oh this is a hard shot i'm like no no (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh that's the thing about those guys and the the skill that they have you know the 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 shots that they make look easy they're practicing those shots behind the scenes so um something that gets lost in translation i think is you know when people view those shots on tv and they're like man that guy's just really really good yeah he's really really good but he's good because he practiced that shot thousands of times already and um you know for that for that moment in the game exactly exactly and then we also spoke about this also but i don't think a lot of people who are not in the sport know that there's a lot of out of pocket money. Oh yes. 
like the money's not the money's there when you become a pro when you get that uh, your pro card but when you're doing these smaller these smaller tournaments trying to get there this is all out of your pocket the traveling everything yes yeah it's it's all for most of the guys it's out of pocket now now some of these guys do have um like local sponsors like let's say uh, a local restaurant or a local casino or um like a local bank or something will will sponsor them um and that uh and that helps out with um you know the entry fees but uh there's there's still lodging there's still travel expenses uh food um everything everything adds up equipment you know golf equipment isn't um you know the cheapest <laughs> um right. that that costs a lot of money uh so all those all those little things um adds up and i was in the position where you know, I didn't have any sponsors. I was, uh, I was bartending. I was, um, working. I think we talked about this. I was working at a couple different golf courses, um, a physical therapy clinic, and I was, I was caddying, um, on the side. So, <laughs> um, about four or five jobs, like juggling around and then, and then going and trying to play. And, um, it was, it was a lot of fun, but, um, that's just an example of like, doing all that just to get in like cover an entry fee and, exactly. and play in one of these events which entry fees are anywhere from you know 500 to two thousand dollars uh to to get into one of these events so it's uh it's a lot of money um and and it adds up quick you know and if you don't come in like let's say the top the top three or four um you're not uh you're not getting your your money back and or you're not making any money so right right um and now here, here's a question uh, and since you're a, a mindset coach uh how tough is it to have that stress but then now get onto the the the, the course and kind of put all of that behind you and just concentrate on the actual mat oh yeah Oh yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to when it comes to like, yeah, I've got a I've got a place in this tournament um, to pay rent. Um, you know, that's <laughs> that's a big distraction um, when you're trying to play and and uh, and you have to figure out a way to to put that behind you. Um, otherwise, the pressure will get to you, and and it's uh, we like I like to say. And, and my coaching, um, you know, flow follows focus and what you're focused on is where your energy is, is going to flow. So, you know, getting, uh, getting your mind in, in that right spot. And that's why, you know, for the guys that had sponsorship help, it allowed them to, it allows them to, to focus a little more, to be at ease about the, about the money aspect anyway. That's something that I definitely struggled with. And it was a big learning experience for me to, to say, Hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm not the only one with these distractions. Everyone has these distractions. It might not be money. It might be family issues. It might be, um, anything, uh, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, a wife, husband, when you're teeing it up, you have to find a way inside yourself to uh, to focus only on the task at hand. How hard was it to let it go? And what was the when was the point that you said, OK, you know what? This is kind of <laughs> yeah. it. Well, while I was playing and this is the funny thing, um, you know, I was I was playing to become a professional golfer and um, and make money. But what happened over this this process was I started working on my mind and my mentality and my mindset even deeper. I I read like books on philosophy. Um, I was reading Tony Robbins, uh, Eckhart Tolle, um, countless countless books on uh, mindset, psychology, golf course management, and what ended up happening is I worked on my mindset to the point where I was like, you know, this isn't, this isn't really about making money playing golf. This isn't about becoming a professional golfer. This is about 
growing as a human and developing uh, values and um, sort of these these internal principles that that you can take into any area in life and um, and use and uh, and not just use but help help people around you uh, get better you know because if you're getting better people recognize that and and you make them better right. And, you know, it was just that realization that um, that was like, well, this is a bigger picture uh, kind of thing. And it's it's not really um, it's not really about me becoming um, a professional. It's about me growing as a human being, as as a person and um, and just, you know, kind of not letting go of the game because I, I still practice, I still play, I still love to get better at the game, but um, just letting go of, of the idea that, that I have to be a professional golfer to be happy. Right. Right. Yeah. And actually it's, it's funny. I think we spoke about this on the, on the phone. We spoke about a lot of things on the phone, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, one of the other things we spoke about, like sports supposed to be fun. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people, as they move up to the different levels, the fun disappears. Exactly. And it becomes a job. And then yeah. for a lot of people, that's where the spiral comes and everything just falls down after that. Right, right. And, um, you know, in, in coaching, we, we talk a lot about having goals. And I think it's okay to have outcome goals as long as you're very clear about the steps that you need to take to potentially reach that outcome and, and outcome goals aren't guaranteed. You know, there, there's um, a lot that's outside of our control um, about, you know, I can say I want to make a million dollars and there's a lot of variables involved in that as well as becoming a professional golfer, you know, or just hitting a golf shot in itself once the golf ball leaves the club face, there's a lot of variables involved. I mean, it can hit a sprinkler head and bounce out of bounds and that's totally not under your control. So it's just having like um, a realistic view of, okay, yes, I want this outcome, but let's focus more on the steps it takes, the the process it takes to get to that outcome. Right. Right. So now you're a, a mindset coach. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your company and, and what do you do? Yeah. So my company is called Perform Better Golf. And, you know, I basically, I, I help golfers perform at their best on and off the course. And a lot of that goes into my own experience, my realization of, you know, hey, uh, it, it's not, it's not all about, it's not all about me. Um it's not all about becoming or shooting like a certain score or becoming a, a professional golfer. It's more about um, getting the best out of out of yourself and, and performing at your best on the course and off the course. And, and just realizing that everyone has like a, a certain potential and just realizing that potential right. and, and having fun doing it. Uh, it's a, it's a lot, you know, I made that mistake while I was playing uh, professional golf in college. I was having a lot of fun playing golf. Once I got out of, of college, it, the game kind of lost its, its fun because now it was about making money. It was about reaching a, a certain status. And, and those are the things that I kind of want to caution people against. Um, not, uh, you know, again, if you, if your outcome is to, um, make it on the tour. That's great. But, uh, keep things into perspective. Don't lose the enjoyment of the game in your, in your quest. Exactly. It's amazing how it's gotten down from, it was the pros that were always stressed and, and focused on, on making money and, and the game wasn't fun. And then college the higher college and now high school. Mm -hmm. Some of these kids are now feeling the stress. Oh, you know, my parents are are pushing me and I used to love the game. You know, they're spending all this money on lessons. I, I have to do well. And that's got to kind of work on their, you know, on their brain while they're playing also. Yeah. And 
I think that that's uh, the outside expectations um, that people, parents are placing, uh, some parents are placing on their kids. And, um, and that's the important thing is to find out why the kid is playing, why the junior is playing and what is their reason, you know, if, if they even like to play and, you know, a a lot of kids play because they like to be around friends um, or they just, they like the social aspect or they like the uh, environment they're in. They like the nature. Um, That's one of the parts that, that I personally enjoy the most about um, playing. And, and it's just, uh, you know, some kids might not be interested at all in the competition but their parents may be placing you know pressure on them to perform in a certain way and and that's where you get the the disconnect so it's it's really figuring out why the kid is playing and and respecting his or her decision exactly exactly quick story my daughter growing up she always loved swimming and she used to swim in the in the town rec team and they used to go to different towns and swim, and she did really, really well. So we put her into a more competitive team, and she was doing well. And then she got put into a more competitive team, and it got to the point where you know they were swimming 250 laps every other day. Yeah. And what I noticed was that she was fine if she came in first or if she came in last. It it really didn't matter to her. And, you know, we were, we got to a point where I think we were pushing a little too much, but also the coaches were pushing because it was such a higher competition. And then she quit. Yeah. And she said, you know what? I I like swimming. I don't want to compete. It doesn't matter. You had told her her time was a personal best. It didn't matter to her. You could have told her her time was the worst. She just wants to swim for the love of swimming. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's just good awareness, you know, as, as, uh, as parents. And, and I think the coaches need to have that same awareness. Um, it's such a good exercise to, to sit the athletes down, I think, and, and have them go through that exercise of why they're, you know, just in this activity in the first place. Um you know, because some kids do love to compete. They, they want to come in first and that's, and that's great too. Uh, but you know, each, each kid should recognize that and the coaches should recognize that as well. So, you know, and, and I think a lot of kids grow into different mindsets, you know, they, they might start in like a social, um, they might start for the social reasons, but then grow into a more competitive mindset. So it's just like a, a natural evolution of, of some things, but keeping awareness about it is, is super important. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because my younger son, he's the complete opposite. He's so competitive. He doesn't want to play certain sports like on a set team because he doesn't like what he becomes on the field. And he's like, I just, I just can't do it. He played football in high school. When he went to college, he didn't play. And he started playing on a rec team. It was a two-hand touch rec team. And they would come in last all the time. <laughs> and I would tell them, I said, why don't you like get a team together like of guys that you know that, that used to play and you know do it yourself? And he's like, no, no, no. He goes, if I have a team that's good, then I'm going to expect us to win. And then I'm going to be miserable when we lose. He goes, right now, we, we suck. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm out there to have fun. <laughs> he's just he's just good having fun. Good. That's it. That's yeah. it. I, I said, you know what? It's the awareness. He knows how he is. He knows what competition does to him. And he just said, you know what? I I don't want it. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's fine, right? I mean, athletics is is for um, anyone who wants to play for any reason that 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 that, that they want to play. Um, you know, we, we just have to be aware, like if you're just out there for the fun, um, then you're probably not going to make it onto the PGA tour. And that's, that's fine. Like, you know, there's so many different levels of golf and basketball and football and, and, and track that you could play to meet your, um, your needs and, and expectations. Exactly. Exactly. Well, look, that's, 
in business is the same thing. Not everybody's going to be the CEO. Not everybody's going to be a, the VP. A lot of people don't want the stress and the responsibility. Yeah. People just want to go sometimes just go to work, do what they got to do and go home. And some people thrive with being given more responsibility. Yeah. And it, and neither one is wrong. It's where you fit in and knowing where you fit in. Yeah, exactly. And, and that goes back to, to the why exercise. I mean, you know, you could do that why exercise with any, um, any, any venue, any, uh, you know, pursuit that you're in. And it's just, just like, you know, what, what do I want out of this? Why, why am I here? And, and, and why do, why do I want what I, what I'm pursuing? Um, and just getting down to that, you know, they call it peeling back the, the layers of the onion and, and it's just, uh, getting to the core of, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. It, it works. It works in any avenue. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about your, um, your course. Cause you have a, a training course. Yeah. And so this is something that anybody could, it's your, you're geared for the junior golfer, correct? Yeah, exactly. Geared towards the junior golfer, but I mean, it really applies to to anyone um, who is interested in the game and wants to, you know, get the best out of themselves. It's it's a very sort of introductory uh, course, but there's um, a lot of good guidelines in there. Okay. Now, just a quick step back. Your course and your company is Perform Better Golf. Yes. Now, do you do? I know that you're a mindset coach. Do you also do practice stuff or is it just straight the mind? Um, so I'm not, I'm not a swing coach. I do know. Uh, That's the word I meant. <laughs> yeah, I do know a lot about the swing just from my experience and, and I, and I do help people like in person. Um, but if you're looking for like track man numbers or anything like that, I'm, I'm just, I'm not your guy really. Um, right. My specialty is in the mindset, but it is also in the physical component, whereas how you practice and the drills that you perform in practice and the areas of practice that, that you put your focus on. Um, I'm, I'm really passionate about that because I, I feel that how you practice is how you're going to perform out on the course. And with golf, I don't know how it got this way, but there's, it trended to a point where, you know, people just beat balls aimlessly on the driving range. And, um, you know, you'll see the guys with like 50 golf balls on the side of the chipping green and they'll chip from the same spot, you know, over and over and over again. Um, and that just doesn't translate to the course. That's not how the game is played. Each and every shot is different. You have different lies, different conditions, um, different wind variables, different elevations. So um, making practice, gearing practice more towards those conditions is, is really what I, uh, what I teach. But I do um, work with people in person. Okay, great. Now, I think we spoke a little about this before but um golf is a real mental game yes <laughs> and you can beat like i play i play golf i don't know if you can call what i do playing golf but what I, I i go out there and i play and you can really beat yourself up because it's just you there's mm. nobody there's no variable that you can kind of say well it was this person or whatever so you can just get a bad shot and that could last four or five holes yeah is that one of the things you you work on? Yeah, so we do this thing. It's called the post shot routine, and um, the post shot routine is is basically I like to give my players um, a set amount of time to analyze what what just happened and to work on letting go of it. So you're not carrying that. Let's say you hit a, a shot that you didn't um, didn't come off to your expectations or didn't come off to how you pictured it. And you're, you know, the post shot routine is designed to learn from that shot because each shot tells us a story. And then also to let go of that shot, you know, make a mental note on it to, to where we can return to it in practice. 
but also let go of let go of it so you're not carrying that emotion with you for the next three, four, or five holes. Right, right. You know? And that's that's the roller coaster that that we all go down uh <laughs> playing this crazy game sometimes. Exactly. And and it's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. There's <laughs> There's a lot of emotion, um, and I work on it constantly to this day. You know, I'm a mindset coach, but I'm a human. I'm I'm subject to the same uh, the same exact emotional tendencies everyone else is. You know, I've just I've just assigned like some strategies for myself and some tools that I can use to uh, mitigate those effects. Exactly. So now let's go through a bit of your course. And like I said, I looked at your course online. It's it's great. There's a lot there that even if you don't play golf, there, there's something there for you. It's geared toward golf, but it's it's really everything that I saw was really working on the mind no matter what you do. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things was own your morning, own your day. Right. I love that. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so a morning routine is something I'm um, a big, big advocate of. Um, it's something that I've employed in, in my own life for, oh, man, probably the past, um, probably seven years right now. And, you know, I really started working on this in my late 20s. And, um, you know, I just wanted, uh, I just wanted more structure. And, I found this out through the personal development world and, and reading all his books, you know, the Tony Robbins books. And, and he talks about, um, I, I think he even says that own your morning. And, um, he talks about, you know, that first 30 minutes to an hour when you first wake up is that that's kind of your time to set your mind and set your intention for the day coming up, you know, decide on what type of person you want to be, how you want to show up in the world. And, um, just do uh, spend that first 30 minutes to an hour doing some routines, some rituals that will help you get in that headspace. And and for me, um, for me, the first thing I do is I take a cold shower to you know wake my body up physically, get the nervous system um, going, uh, get the blood flow going. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> tough for a lot of people, but for me, it's just like it's it's a tough thing to do, but I know it helps. Right. Um, and then, and then meditation. And then, um, you know, I do, I, I do a walk and then I'll come back and I'll do some affirmations and then I'll do a meditation. And, um, and that's basically my, my morning routine. And there's some hydration in there as well. You know, first thing when I get up, I want to make sure I'm, I'm drinking water and, uh, and hydrating my body. Right. Right. What I like is that it's not that you have to do exactly what you do like everybody's morning ritual is different exactly yeah it's yeah you just you can just find um the things that that work for you um you know the only thing i would say is is make sure that it's you're getting in touch with yourself you know there's no phones no screens no um none of that to distract you just make sure it's like time with yourself alone whether that's meditation or a workout or a long walk or a hike in, in nature. Um, everyone has their, their own unique, uh, code that works best for them. Exactly. So the morning, which ritual is not grab your phone, check your email, <laughs> <laughs> stick a donut in your mouth and run for the, for the train. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause you're just setting yourself up for a, like a, just a chaotic day then. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a big uh, Ryan Holiday fan, and I, I don't know if you've read any of his books, but no, uh, no. he um, he says that if the first thing you do is check your phone, then you're allowing somebody else to start your day. Oh, that's great! And on on their terms, and not on your terms. So so start the day on your terms. Start the day. Um, with your own unique stamp on it. And, and that's really what uh, the point that, that I want to get across there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, the next thing, I'm not going to go through all your, all your points, but uh, there were just a couple of things that I noticed that are business centric also, where yeah. you can take that morning ritual thing. And like I said, instead of checking the emails, you can do the same thing to start your day at work. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's any um, endeavor that you're that you're involved in and, um, you know, it works the same. It works the same. It's just uh, it's a focus um, enhance enhancer. And I, I think it's just, you know, if you own that that first part of the morning, then you're focused, you're going to have better focus, better concentration throughout the day, no matter no matter what you're doing. If you're if you're a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad and your job is to take care of, of the kids, you know, that that first part of the day is going to help prepare you mentally and physically for that task uh, ahead. Exactly. Exactly. The other one I want you to you to talk a little bit about was the pre-shot routine. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the pre-shot routine is um, uh, I like to I like to say, and a lot of people say this, but golf is a microcosm of life. And uh, the the pre-shot routine for me is like almost like a morning routine for your golf shot. So you're just going through a series of steps before you hit the shot um, to give yourself the best chance possible of, of what you're picturing um, to come off. And, and basically all that is, is, you know, taking in the data around gathering the the data from the environment you know what's what's my lie what's the wind doing um what's the moisture like uh just asking yourself a series of questions and then and then also asking yourself you know what what's a good shot look like here and there's a certain power in questions that we often overlook you know if we ask ourselves the right questions then our brain automatically wants to come up with pretty good answers um you know so if if i can just before my shot if i can just ask myself that simple question you know what's a good shot look like here or what's my target here then you know our brain is very very good at uh coming up with solutions um so it will generate a picture or it will uh, give us a symbol um, to use that that will help aid us in um, executing the shot. That's great. That's great. And it's funny because I was, I was listening to a podcast. I'm trying to remember which podcast, but it was a business podcast. Yeah. And this came into mind because he was talking about um, problems at work. And he's, he was a, I believe he was the vice president of a company. And he said, he goes, whenever anybody talks to me, it's, it's an issue. I shouldn't say problem, but it's an issue. Yeah. And so he took the step of thinking, okay, this is the problem. This is the issue. What will a good outcome look like? Because if you just go and say, okay, this is the problem. Let's, okay, let's start throwing stuff at it. Probably wouldn't work. But he took the mindset of, okay, what's a good outcome? And now work from there. Okay, so this is what we want it to happen. This is the this is the issue, and we want it to look like this. Now let's work backwards. Yeah. And it just reminded me of this pre-shot thing where, you know, you know what you want the outcome to be. You know what your shot should look like. Right. Now what are the the mechanics and the the issues that you have to deal with to get that shot. Yeah, so you're almost like reverse engineering the process. Right, and, right. You know, yeah, and and it comes back to if if you can get an answer of like what's a good shot look like, then it comes back to okay, this is how I set up to the ball, this is how I take my grip and my stance and and ultimately you have to commit 100% to um to the shot and execution of the of the shot you know so so that level of commitment um is the same for golf as it would be for business you know if you're going in to solve to solve a problem you know commit to it a hundred percent because if you got one foot out the door and the other foot inside it's not going to work you know you're not going to get the results that that you want exactly it's not just okay i'll just hit it straight which is pretty much how my, how I, I play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, that's, that's a, a big part of the, the game and the challenge of the game too, is, um, you know, just seeing like 
the different shots. And if, if you're, if you only play every once in a while, then they, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing the ball go straight at a target. Um, you know, you just have to accept that it, it's not going to be straight all the time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Actually, you know what my, my favorite movie, and um, I actually use some quotes every so often, the legend of Bagger Vance. And I love when he's, he talks about like being in, I guess, flow. And, yeah. and he says, look at him, watch him because he, he look everything around him disappears. It's just him and, and, uh, and the shot and there's a perfect shot for everybody. And when he finds it, he, and I was like, that that's a perfect metaphor. And it's almost seems like that's what your, that pre-shot routine is. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the pre-shot routine, it, it can only it should only take about 30 to 45 seconds. So, so really all it's required is, is for you to, to focus for that 30 to 45 seconds. And then, and then after that, you can let your mind wander free, you know, where give it permission to go wherever it wants, wants to go. But having the ability to focus for that, you know, 30 to 45 seconds is, is key. You know what I, what I, I'm sorry, what I like what you just said, which is, which is great is that you let your mind after that you can let your mind go yeah and it just seems like you're controlling instead of letting the outside control you're controlling your mind okay we're going to focus on this okay now it's okay to go <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and yeah i think it's essential yeah. to to give your mind that break um in between shots, if you don't, it, you know, you're just going to burn out your mind. And, and that's the last thing that you want to do. Right. But I, well, like I said, what I liked was that you said that you take control of your mind. Oh, yes. It's it's possible for that 30 to 45 seconds. So, I mean, any anyone who's ever um, who does practice meditation will will notice that, you know, um, in meditation, your your mind wanders, actually. And it's it's just noticing that it's wandering and bringing it back to a singular focus, but you can only hold that singular focus for a few seconds at a time. And then your attention wanders again, you know, and that's the, um, I think that's the misconception behind meditation is a lot of people think that they have to control their mind on, on this one thing, but really it's, it's just like an awareness of, you know, what's coming up and where, where is my mind going? And then, you know, sort of gently bringing it back to the present moment. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a great stuff. Um, where can people find out more about what you're doing? If they want to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Yeah. So, um, I have, uh, Instagram at, uh, perform better golf. Um, and, um, also Facebook is, uh, perform better golf. And my website is um, mojoryzenperformance.com. Okay, great, great. So I'm going to put all that information on the show notes. And uh, my last thing, which is right down your alley, which is uh, mindset. It's fourth and goal. There's a minute left on the clock. There's no timeout. The game's on the line. Give us something to leave with. Yes. First of all, love and accept yourself no matter what. And second of all, commit. Just, you know, commit to the process of creating what you want to create and commit 100% um, because anything less isn't worth it. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, great. Great. Well, again, Jim, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, much success on your course. Thanks again, coach. And, and I appreciate it as well. And please let me know if there's anything that, uh, that I can ever do for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Greg, thank you again. Take care. Talk soon. Okay. Great conversation with Jim. Loved it. Once again, I'd like to give a shout out to Tammy Matheny. She always comes across with some great people that she pushes my way thank you thank you thank you um, a lot of great points that you can use for your daily life and business life 
techniques that Jim uses to help those junior golfers. As always, here's a couple of things that popped into my head. One was start the day on your own terms. Don't check email. You know, don't let others own that time. That morning time is your time. Great advice. Awesome advice. The second thing is, and this is a big one also, is that there is a certain power in questions. That your brain wants to solve questions and solve problems. So you need to put your life's problems into questions so your mind can help solve them. And the third thing was commit to the process. Too many times we know the steps that we need to move forward. I do also, and I fall into this category myself. We need to commit to that process, do the work, knowing that this will get us to the other side. Again, I'll put all of Jim's information on the show notes. And as always, if you want to reach me, you reach me at eric at acoachreyes.com. You'll also go to my website, acoachreyes.com. Love to hear from you. And also, if you have any guests that you want me to interview, please give me a name and I'll reach out to them. It's always great to hear from the listeners, find out who they want to hear on the next episode. So, love to hear from you again. Until next week, own your morning. Take care.